Welcome to episode 67 of the Final Corner Podcast. Tom, Nick and myself are going to be reviewing the, the exciting, action-filled weekend from Baku. You know, the, always the most exciting race of the year, always safety car, red flies, cars flying everywhere. And we had more racing this weekend for the sprint, so we were all excited. Tom, Nick, live up to your expectations? Mm. <laughs> we have to answer like this now? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, yes, we loved it, boys. Well, I think our expectations were low, so I suppose it yeah. has to be yes. Oh, no, <laughs> my expectations were low, and they were shattered the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Baku is normally crazy, and uh, well, it just didn't happen, did it? How long has it been since it was last crazy, though? Last year, but did we not have? Oh, I can't remember. I'm not going to pretend. 21 was where it was quite dull, but Verstappen's tyre exploded and there was a red flag and then they did a grid restart. Mm-hmm. And that was that was bad, wasn't it? But it, it simmered down since its early years, perhaps. But the, just watching the car go around that track is still yeah. spellbinding for me. That middle sector through the UNESCO World Heritage Site. And then that, towards the end of the lap, um, turn 15, is it? Where it's sort of slightly downhill into like a 90 degree left, but there's no runoff yeah. area on the exit. Just... The skill of driving it. Wonderful. The corner of death. The, the corner fla- of death. The flashback yes. corner on any F1 game I play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, right. I don't know if it's a... Now that everybody has learnt the track and can simulate the track, uh, does it provide good racing? I'm not sure. No, and we had a short between... zone as well. Yeah, it's a difference area. between a good race, isn't there, and a track that causes drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure which side of the fence I sit on the Baku verdict. No. So we're going to have a brief, very brief, look back at the weekend, discuss a couple of the talking points. We're not going to do our play-by-play that we normally do because we don't want to bore ourselves again. But we'll start with a bit of F1 news. The video game. F123 by EA Sports has been announced this week. And of course, Tom, being the video game journalist that he is, he can bring us up to date on that. Tom, thoughts on the new game? Yeah, apologies, we don't normally cover this, but it, but it is important for the growth of Formula 1, like when we touch upon Drive to Survive at the beginning of the year as well. Uh, this is to try and get, I guess, a younger audience into Formula 1. Uh, they can relate to the drivers. So, it's... Uh, Plus the change in many ways, it's still running the age-old Codemasters Ego engine that first debuted in 2010. That's the technology <laughs> base underneath it. So no big change there. Still going to be on your PlayStations, your Xbox PCs, old and new. But uh, this time around, they, they are saying that they have worked on the handling, which was a main bugbear of last year's game, where the cars would snap. Unsuspecting drivers would be facing the wrong way more often than not. And this is a positive step forward if it behaves like it's suggested. We've yet to try it. And also, last year's was a, was a bit buggy at times as well. Let's hope they've uh, nailed that down. And they're bringing back a story mode again with the fictional characters. Whether or not you care about that, I don't know. I yes. personally enjoyed it. Yes. I did. Yeah. For, for years, the only reason I was buying hours. FIFA was to play the story mode for a few The years. journey, was it? Yeah, the journey. So, breaking point two this time. You got uh, Aidan Jackson and uh, Devon Butler return, um, but it's set within the real world Formula One teams as well. And there's like cutscenes and a story and a hub where you read tweets of people and stuff like this and emails. 
Um, and I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, way I know people who are hardcore into the simulation were like, "That's terrible," mm-hmm. but they're one percent, the top one percent of players. Um, so looking forward to that. At the very least, if, even if the rest of the game is very much the same, there's a new story to play through. Whether or not that's worth the full price, you have to decide yourself. So uh, cautiously optimistic. At the, I think the generally the internet's reaction so far has been very negative, but there is a one trailer out. The game is out on the 16th of June, which is quite soon. So hopefully we can try it before then, give a verdict. But I'm just really looking forward to hopefully yeah. in the next couple of years where they sort of start from scratch. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm probably looking to get back into it. Although I do want to try the story mode, but I think it'll probably be for me. When's it on offer? I might buy it for that. Yeah. Yeah. When it's a sale, yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, there's other minor Ooh. tweaks, like there's red flags for the first time since 2014, and that's more pertinent than ever because mm. uh, Formula One in the real world seems intent of using those to spice things up towards the end of the race now. So how how effective they are and how often frequently appear... Well, it still have to be, be seen, much maligned that is a supercars. So they've not talked about them at all. Yeah, last year's game had these road-going supercars like McLarens and Ferrari 488s and Aston Martin Vantages, and you could drive them. And in my opinion, Mm -hmm. completely pointless. I got called out in a YouTube video by an F1 YouTuber who shall remain nameless because I tweeted them. They asked for Mm -hmm. questions, and I said, why the supercars instead of, you know, Formula 3? And I was told that well, people, more people will play them. But you couldn't even do a single-player race with them, and you couldn't do online. So there was only these set challenges. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anyone would play them, honestly. But I don't have the player data. But Anyway, if they turn up, that's fine. At least they're not selling it as a main feature. And clearly, they've learned the message uh, lesson from that because they're not even talking about it. So F1 23 by EA Sports, developed by Codemasters in Birmingham, UK. Mm. Out next month. We'll see if it's any good. What is your guys' favourite F1 Ooh. game? I would have to say F1 2013, just because it had the classic tracks, which were, I remember Hareth and Brands Hatch, and I can't remember the other <laughs> two, but there was four. Imola and Estoril. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it was just something different. It was the first one to have the classic cars as well, I believe. Yeah. F1 2013 is unique in that it was the only one ever to have classic tracks for the traffic, classic cars. And also got, they got Murray Walker out of retirement to voice over some challenges. And yes. I'm holding here a copy of the PS3 of the complete edition, which I just bought, which costs £15. <laughs> it's the only F1 game to have any residual value Ooh. because they did something crazy. Two of those classic tracks are actually DLC. But they then re-released it six months later with the DLC on the disc. So this is ah. the only way you can play them. A very rare thing of re-releasing something with DLC on a disc. Anyway, I don't want to go down too much of a gaming rabbit hole, but F1 2013 mm. had the 2013 season, but had the classic tracks. Murray Walker. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that's probably that's up there for me. For me, I like 19 because it was good at it. <laughs> 19 was good and 2020 was good as well I thought yeah and then after that they started going a bit downhow but I liked those 18, 19, 20 they were all good mm, I agree F- F106 back in the day was a was one of my oh, favorites. oh yeah and I had it on the PSP PS2 yes 
Then they re-released it on the PS3. Yeah, this edition. was back when when Sony had an exclusive on Formula One. Mm-hmm. So it yes. was only a PlayStation game. That was the final one, but that was a good game as well. I'd, uh, I had James Allen shouting in it, which was yeah, minus that, points. That is a bit debatable. Is that the one that had the um, pit stops where you could press the button? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> just, yeah, did, was... uh, just went back and played that for work recently. Mm. Good times. That was excellent. I loved that game. I, you don't realise, though, how much you miss flashbacks <laughs> in those kind yeah. of games yeah. until you don't have them. <laughs> like the last grid, uh, not grid, dirt game didn't have flashbacks. And you're like, Cody's, you invented it. Like, yeah. Why am I restarting <laughs> races from the start? Come on. But yeah. We'll just shut off our some racing listeners. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's F1 game. We'll keep an eye on that. Let you know if it's any good. And so, back to Baku. It was a sprint, new sprint format weekend with qualifying on Friday afternoon, I think half past two, when everyone was at work, which was lovely. And mm. did any of you guys see it? I, I watched it, but not live. Obviously, I was at work. Yeah, same. 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 Yep. What a terrible time. Terrible mm. time for like Western Europe. Half two on a, a Friday. I quite like the oh this was main qualifying wasn't it oh, sorry well this is a this is a community so we started with the main qualifying Friday which Charles Clark took pole yes then we had sprint qualifying on Saturday sprint shootout it was yeah on Saturday which was basically the same result again at the front Charles Clare and pole then we had the sprint race which was rather brilliantly won by Perez and then you had the main race which again was quite well won by Perez. So, but a lot of active track time over the weekend. For the same result. (laughs) With the same result, yeah. You know what actually killed the weekend for me? It was a sprint race, because any any anticipation I had for the main race was killed. Yeah, Watching the sprint and seeing how boring it was and how easy it was for Red Bull. When I watched that, I I didn't even watch the race live on Sunday, because I'll I'll watch it later, because then I can flick through. It just... If it was a really, choice. Yes, if it was a real exciting sprint, it would have built the weekend. But it, for me, it completely killed it. The sprint had the drama. Oh, the, the drama! Uh, the Verstappen of Russell. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, and and you thought at least for one lap, Leclerc might hold on. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's quickly talk about the Russell and Verstappen incident. Russell was up the inside, turn one, keeps up the inside, turn two. Max tries to hold it around the outside. George slides into the side of him. Front wheel to side, bod contact. And um, Verstappen end up with a big hole in the side of his car. Mm-hmm. Max was very upset about it after the race. Um, Kicked off a whole drama. What did you think? Yeah, just... Petulant is the word I'd like to use. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see any problem with the move. Obviously, he shouldn't have run into the side of Max, but these things do happen. It wasn't like he smashed into him. It was quite a low-speed contact. But yeah, it's just Max. Yeah, he's entitled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just does my head in. <laughs> <laughs> if you look, well, it wasn't just the incident, was it? Because like mm. you think, all oh, right, he's had a go on the radio about it. Fine, 
But then was it um Oh it must have been later in the sprint, was it? Or was it the next day in the race when he overtook Russell into turn one? And his engineer was even like fed into know, it. Same race. Where he said like Oh, same race, right. So he said like uh oh he did that without um without contact. Mm. And Max's like, yeah, I know how to do it. Beep, beep, beep. So and then after the race there's a contraton, isn't there, in the part Ferme where I think Max has approached Russell. Russell thinks, Oh, he's gonna say great battle, mate. <laughs> no. And it results in a swear word being lobbed. But I thought it was kind of egg on Max's face a little bit there, because he's done it while Russell's clearly too far away to hear him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did you hear so, Damon Hill after the race? No, I didn't. Damon Hill was brilliant. Max is doing an interview and he's having a whinge. And Damon just goes, ah, why don't we just pack up and give Max Stappen the World Championship now? Why not why we bother? Like, <laughs> we'll just pack everyone up and we'll just go That's along and give him the tail. Mm. Um, so, it's like, ah, come on. Now, I do think he's a... second. Like, yeah. He had a big hole, th- but he still came second. I think it was third in the sprint, was it? Or third, sorry. He did. It was third in the mm. sprint. But, because I think Leclerc held on second. But yeah, he, he still got past in the end. So, like, first of all, you know, that's actually uh, not, not a problem. I, I also didn't retire. But I do understand why you'd be slightly aggrieved by that, because ultimately there's been contact. Oh, yeah. I don't think Max is to blame for that contact in no. some ways. I mean, George says he could have backed out of it and why is he hanging around the outside? But I don't think it was that clear cut. And when you watch it on board from Max, he's, I don't know how he didn't hit the wall, really. But he didn't. And then he's actually outfoxed into turn three as well. Hmm. Yeah, he hits the wall at three. Yeah. And he could he could have easily backed out of it then or done something a di- bit different. Oh, I said easily. I don't mean it's easy to drive a Formula 1 car, but He's outfoxed at turn three, so maybe that's also riled him up. But I also think that the team is so on his side, it's it's hubris. Mm. And it's partly his fault, but it's also partly... Like when the engineer's egging him on, oh, you overtook without contact. In the adrenalized moment, that's why you get that max out of the car, I think. Everybody around him is telling him he's perfect. Yeah. And that's causing this, this yeah. weirdness where it comes across and it's very easy to go like, well... Yeah, oh, what a child. He's got the championship sewn up, so does he really need to fight or argue? That's that's the other flip side to what I've just said. What was interesting is like, was, come on, um, Christian Horner was interviewed about it, and he actually said, "Oh, I didn't see any problem with what happened at turn two. I thought turn three was the oh, one okay, that was good. bad." And oh what? Like, oh, that's not where the contact happened. He thinks he was pushed into the wall, but you know. Just... Yeah, because Mike, uh, Mike, Mike says the wall at turn three. Mm-hmm. But I thought he... Uh, on yeah. his own, though, there, I think. I thought that yeah. was getting more on his own. But, yeah. You so we're I... talking about it, though, because, unfortunately, I don't think no. this would be a huge talking point if the rest of the racing was better. True. No, but I've just... There's this thing in Formula 1 that bugs me now, that any time anybody overtakes anyone, they're immediately on the radio whinging. Mm-hmm. Whether there's contact or not, ah, but has it always happened? And now we hear it. Possibly, yeah. Sort of. It's. It seems more prominent now, though. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to undermine you there, Colin. I agree. I agree no, no. with you. But there's an element of. Yeah, but we're we're getting the juicy bits because Liberty Media's 
maybe had a word with FOM. I don't know. Yeah, true. But the like the both of the guys deserved space. Mm-hmm. Like George was up the inside, but Max was quite far alongside as well. Still, um, so both of them tailed to space, and it was just a racing incident. Like he just drifted into the side of him. I mean, it didn't even pop up on the screen that it was being investigated, right? No, no, nothing came of it. So it's a non-incident. So we're only talk- we're already talking about it because of, like you said, Nick Max's petulance mm-hmm. in this instance. <laughs> Not that we know him. But then he carried on afterwards in the interviews as well. Yeah, I know. So it's a bit like, mm. all right. Oh, the... oh, and the other point that we've not mentioned that I didn't really like was, oh, well, I can do that to everybody now or something like this, wasn't oh, it? Now, yeah. I might have slightly exaggerated it, but, oh, I yeah. can overtake it like that with contact from now on or something like this, which is basically a threat. But the problem is, it's going to be a first, so we're not going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Ferrari. If Ferrari put their on first at most weekends, you never know. Charles Leclerc put himself in first by being a genius in the middle sector, in my opinion. That, um, well, Ferrari have obviously took a bit of a step, but you're right. But the difference between Leclerc and Sainz. Yeah. Yeah. All weekend, massive. Was quite startling. Um, we only had 19 drivers in the sprint because Logan Sargent binned it in the morning session. <coughs> binned it in the morning session. At the tricky turn 15. What, it, what do we call it now? The corner of death? Yes. I hate that corner so much. Yeah. yeah it's bad, but you need, the drivers need to be challenged. So. Yes, yeah. And uh, Yuki Tsunoda had a strange crash and uh, on this one as well, just before he got to that corner. Yeah, now, he had front wing damage from some previous contacts, which I didn't see, which caused just understeer, which is normally through a flat corner into the wall, right? Yep. But before that, I think they messed up their qualifying strategy in the sprint qualifying sprint showdown <laughs> what was it called <laughs> shootout sprint, sprint oh shootout the sprint shootout because uh, didn't a red, red flag come was it for sergeant and it meant they, they couldn't get a good lap so he started way back in the pack whereas for the main race he'd qualified up inside the top 10 yeah mm. so and I quite liked the shortened uh, the format for the Sprint shootout wasn't any different, which is a bit of a shame. But I like the shortened nature of it. I don't think main qualifying needs to be as long as it is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Is that con- mm-hmm. No, I would agree. But that, that ultimately is what caused Sonoda's incident, really. Missing the... Um, not getting a good lap in early. Yeah, I agree. And if you look elsewhere in the sprint, Alonso got ahead of Hamilton. He was upset at signs because signs. Almost put him in the wall, according to Fernando. Uh, it was a bit of a chop. Mm. But it was fine. It was just aggressive. So that was about it for the sprint, wasn't it? Pretty much, I think. Yep. So on to the very exciting race, which was won, as I said, by Sergio Perez. And that's it. Max and... <laughs> yes, well done. Max See and Checo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another thing about Sonoda, he's got he got released with broken suspension, didn't he? Oh yeah, sprint. that was just. Uh, I was crabbing was... down the road, wasn't he? Yeah, which is a bit naughty because then he went. He actually still went out onto the track. You had to drive all the way back round sideways. Actually, when he came into the pits and the mechanic looked at the rear suspension, he then did the um, crossed arms X up to the pit wall, which Ooh. I always thought that meant no. You know, it's it's and, broken. And... In pro wrestling, when the referee throws that X <laughs> yeah. sign up, 
it means that the wrestler is legitimately injured. Mm-hmm. So, I'd, I'd and imagine Formula it's the One same. abides by <laughs> yes, <laughs> Alpha Tari exactly. team. <laughs> exactly. Formula One uses the WWE to base its rules. Yes, it should so not yes. leave the pit lane. No. So it was the main race then, and yeah, Checo managed to get in front of um, Verstappen because of the pit lane. Well, during the pit stops, there was a red flag because Nick DeVries is terrible, surprisingly. <laughs> That's one of the topics I want to speak about is Nick DeVries. So DeVries crashes, goes straight into the wall. You can see on the, the, the camera shot that his suspension is broken. But Red Bull... No still... one else can see it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Red Bull go ahead with their schedule pit stop for Verstappen, even though there's a risk of a safety car. Christian Horner says that they just assumed that um, De Vries would reverse out the wall and park it somewhere. So by the time he pits, then the safety car comes out, which allows Perez and Leclerc to get back in front of Verstappen. Um, Hamilton had pitted just before the safety car, but he made, I think... Three overtakes in one lap at the restart. Oh, oh yeah, Hulk. really good past. Uh, was it um, Hulkenberg and yeah, an Alpine maybe? Yeah, yeah that, and then that made his race. That did. Yeah, and then he got stroll very difficult when, uh, from that point. Yeah. Stroll ran wide at the what was ah, really yeah. was really the last corner. Oh, yeah. uh, but he, he ran wide then, so always got up to seventh uh, or sixth at the end. So yeah, the uh, I guess Nick Devries. What's happened? I still think you have to treat him like a rookie because he had that amazing thing at Monza. But let's be real. Monza, he did a great job, but Monza is one of the less... I hate this term, but the less technical circuits. Yeah. You know, it's stop-start. So I think now he's just coming undone a bit where uh, there are tracks that he's maybe not raced on for quite a while. He's had a couple of years off the F1 circus, hasn't he? Doing Formula E and stuff, and he's making Sonoda looking good. Yes, Sonoda got a point, and suddenly Yuki's looking like a. But it's beating him every pro. week. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is it, is it just our expectation for Davies is too high? I think it was that. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's just as Tom said. You've got to treat him like a rookie. In which case, you've got to give him at least half a season before you can start thinking, where is he at? Mm. Because there is already articles appearing online about will uh. DeVries make it to the summer. Yeah. That sort of stuff helps nobody. Mm-hmm. Mm. But from... it is the sort of thing that um, Helmut Marker would say. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. 80 and... years old at the weekend he was. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> why, 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 why are you still working? <laughs> you know, you, do you not fancy retirement, Helmut? Mm. Um. France Toss is leaving, no? The end of the season from Alphatari. That's a big debate, isn't it? Mm. They've been replaced by a Ferrari chief. Yes, Laurent Mekis, I think he's called. Mm. But it's weird how he's still working. Wouldn't you uh, put him on garden leave? Uh, It might be a soft retirement. uh... Oh, for the guy from Ferrari? Yeah. Why is he still in the pit wall? Yeah, I I suppose Alphatari aren't really afraid. I don't part of a link to Red Bull. Uh, yeah, I suppose. There seems to be a big hoo-ha about this at the moment in that um, Alpha Tauri yes, want well. Mickey's to start early and Ferrari want 
staff from Red Bull that they've already agreed to sign for next year to be coming over to them early if that's the case. So it's all swings and roundabouts at the moment. Well, it's probably more interesting than the rest, to be honest. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Yeah, so at the restart, we got, I think, the move of the race where Fernando Alonso got ahead of Carlos Sainz at turn five? Oh, three, three to four, wasn't it? It was into four, yes, which is the right hand. Yes, it was, yeah, into four. Yes, that was it. Fantastic but move. Nobody ever goes there. No. So that was uh, opportunistic. Sainz was very uh, not forgiving. But it took two to tango, I thought. Uh, yeah, he, he mm. was aware, is what I'd put it at. Yeah, which is good awareness. Mm-hmm. But a bad weekend from Sainz, I thought. McLaren, weren't they supposed to be bringing big updates to Baku? Ah! Did they no, get they did. delayed? Mm-hmm. No, they did. No, they did. Oh, they had something. Yeah. Well, and that worked. Well, Norris was a bit quicker. <laughs> he he yeah, finished he was ninth. The big thing as well was that Alpine had like a completely new floor mm. and a huge a new suspension, mm. and they went backwards. Yes, but but then and then everybody basically had a new rear wing. Yeah, mm. and Red Bull had quite a few updates around where the air intakes are, just below the wing mirrors and stuff, and a whole new was it side at the, at the top. Mm-hmm. So that's quite surprising. But I've got a bit. I've got a bit of a thing to say about upgrades. Like, I was watching an F1 video on the YouTube channel, which was excellent. I can't remember the presenter's name. I used to watch him when he did Super GT commentary. Big fan. But he starts with, a big surprise was that Red Bull has updates. <laughs> is it? Like, <laughs> people have this weird expectation that, oh, well, Mercedes is going to bring some up, Ferrari is going to bring some updates, and they're going to catch up Red Bull. It's not like Red Bull stopped. Red Bull carries on. Everybody's always updating. It's all relative. And one of the things with the Ferrari pace, or Leclerc's pace this weekend, I'm not going to get too carried away because it because it could be track specific. Even though yeah. Fred Vasseur saying, "Oh yeah, we've made a step," and Leclerc's like, "Yeah, well now we might have the qualifying pace. We need to work on the race pace." Could also be the track. Well, it might not be. Oh, I think it is because. Oh right, okay. And we saw the false dawn kind of with Mercedes in Australia as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're all getting excited. Mercedes is going to be the podium each time, and they get to back you, and it's like, no. <laughs> And Aston Martin, though, does seem to be slightly slipping back a bit, I think. Yes. But I don't think Ferrari actually bought much upgrades to Baku. I think it was just a rear wing, wasn't it? bringing most of theirs to Miami. Yeah. So, yeah. So, with that in Same mind... with Mercedes, I believe. Ah, yes. Okay. So, Ferrari's up to a pace with just a small rear wing change. And Alpine and Red Bull have got these more significant ones. And yet, the Ferrari looked better in qualifying. So, it could be track. It could be setup. Oh. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to attempt now... To read an extract from the Gunter Steiner book, which is oh, called <laughs> Surviving to Drive. In the accent, please. I can't, I can't do the accent. <laughs> Who can earth can do Gunter's accent? Oh, that, that guy on YouTube's pretty good, but that, that Colin doesn't like. I don't like impressionists. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> I hate impressionists. So this is from 2022, because it's basically a diary of his year with some other stories weaved in. Uh, Spain. So it's a few rounds in, you've had your flyaway events and you're back to spin. It's going to go awfully wrong. Uh, and if it is, Colin, edit it out and no one will ever hear it. <laughs> all the talk at the moment is about upgrades. That's all any of the journalists want to speak about. Some people appear to be fixated by them. We need to go faster. Okay, let's get an upgrade. It's the only way. 
I'm definitely not against upgrades, but I don't like using them just for the sake of it. The timing has to be right. I could be wrong, but it feels like they're used for propaganda purposes sometimes. You know, teams making other teams sit up and wonder what they're doing. Then again, it might just be for the press and the media to help feed the F1 soap opera. Who knows? That seems more likely in my opinion. The upgrades are almost expected though, which I find quite annoying. What? You haven't got an upgrade? But we're in Spain. Everybody has to have an upgrade for Spain. The reason I'm not interested in any upgrades at the moment is because we haven't got the best out of our car and you cannot really upgrade something until you fully understand and appreciate what you've got. And then it goes on. That's my opinion and Gene agrees and so on and so forth. And I just thought, actually, that's my opinion of upgrades. I don't get ever excited about an upgrade for an F1 team because it could be track specific and you never know. It's all relative versus mm. the other teams. So end of rant. <laughs> it's something though for the media to talk about on the week on the run up to race. Yeah. Well, Mercedes Ooh. have got upgrades coming to MMO, so. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But who else has upgrades? And did other people have one race later or one race before? You know, it's all. I know. Relative. We always look at upgrades because we always want oh. to have. Like, there's this amazing video going around. I think of China, twenty twelve maybe. It's like eight laps to go at the race, and the top six are separated by like four seconds or something. They've been doing the oh, rounds online wow. after. Also, every time you have a born race in F1, everyone goes ballistic and then says it was better in the past. We need to rip up the rule book, etc., etc. Um, even the great seasons had boring races, though. But if you, yeah, exactly. Back in twenty twelve, yes, you had six cars fighting at certain points, but there was also a lot of born races where Sebastian Vettel just won. Exactly. Back yeah. in that era. So, mm-hmm. F1, I think we've been a little bit spoiled in recent years. F1 has a lot of born races. That's just yeah, always. the standard fare. Yeah. It's just the last few years, I think, the expectation of all the drama that's been happening and trying to survive, pumping things up. As New rules. Expecting, exactly. Everyone's expecting carnage and chaos every race. Most F1 races are won by strategy. Or if it's just a car out front that that is just dominant. And we're bagging on a dull race, but I think we can all appreciate here uh, sometimes a race where someone's someone's dominant and done the best job. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, there's a there's we're hypocrites a bit because we're saying, well, what snooze fest this one was. Exactly. Is, but but this year's more a bit like, ooh, will every race be that because Red Bull dominating, I guess as well. Exactly, we're, we're three, four races in, and it looks like there's only going to be one team winning. Whereas, like, we used to well, be. Well, 2012, brought... it wasn't clear that Vettel was going to dominate until after a few rounds, until... at least. And then they brought some upgrades. <laughs> 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 but we, you know, we we are guilty of as well going that was absolutely garbage. But you know, we're having to do a podcast on it every week. Yeah. yeah, gotta take the rough with the smooth. Exactly, but I thought Jekyll handled this really well. Max couldn't get close to him, mm. and suddenly we might have a title fight. No, don't say it. Nah. But I loved how you asked it there. <laughs> That's my new questioning voice, but it just goes all high pitched. Yeah, but also you asked yeah. it as a question. <laughs> yeah, which you know it's not a real title fight when the front cover of Autospot also posed it as a question. <laughs> <laughs> It said Red Bull title fight? <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, yes, whoever, whoever put the question back on it. <laughs> well, six points between the two. No, it um, is a title fight at the minute, but, it, it, you know, even Sergio Perez doesn't really believe it, I think. 
Yeah. So the six points seen them going into this weekend's Miami Grand Prix. Uh, they're talking about shortening DRS zones again, which didn't really work at Baku. Mm. It probably killed some of the overtaking. People are starting to talk about how difficult it is to follow cars again. I don't know if, don't know if you picked up on this. Yeah. Yeah. Albon mentioned it, I noticed in an interview. I was like, ooh, ooh. Total Wolf's getting the blame for that. Oh, really? Because they pushed for a mid-season yeah. change of the fours last year because of the bouncing. Ah. Uh, they're, now, they're now creating less ground effect and relying on traditional oh. aero. So, it's all Toto's fault. <laughs> but Many things are, apparently. Yeah. It did call Bottas a pawn star, though. That was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. It was a yeah. TikTok of someone filming them in the paddock, and he just walks up to him, because Bottas has got that tash on at the minute, hasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, and he embraced him and calls him his favourite punster. I was glad to find out that Bottas had damage at the end of the race because he was utterly ah, garbage again. I was going to mention this. Is that mm. the third race in the row yes. where he's finished last? But he's had damage in all of them, apparently. Uh, I'm not sure about the last one. This one, <laughs> he gets a biff, doesn't he? Twice from Magnussen right up the rear. So at least it's yeah. obvious. Hmm. It's all not good, though, is it? Nah. It, it so, was not exactly at the front when that happened. No, no. The the um whatever they're called now, Sauber, Alpha, Romeo, Alpha Romeo, soon to be Audi. Yeah, yeah. Them, yeah. Their car's not very good, is it? It's not, but Joe's beating him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yes. I, I know yeah. this is damaged, so mm. harsh, but it's just three races in a row where something's gone on. And I actually think in that incident was Valtteri a bit. Oh, I'm gonna use it again. Trepidatious going into the corner as well. Didn't that wasn't that part of the issue? Yeah, oh, am, am I thinking of a corner, different overtake? Because it was turn two again, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, and that corner just does generate contacts yeah, true. like that. Yeah. So finishing up, what did we think of the weekend format? <sighs> what I would say is being a spectator of one of these sprint weekends is great as a spectator. To have live True. action. Big up value day. for money. Yeah, big value for money. And I'd rather see a sprint showdown and a sprint non race than FP2, FP3. But can you have too much of a good thing? And what I mean by that is when yeah. Formula One's not in a place at the minute where the pack is close enough to have a format like this. The thing is, it needs, and I'm reluctant to say it as well, but. Where in the touring cars, for instance, you have mixed up grids and things like that. Yeah. You need something like that to make it exciting, but then that's too fake at the same time. But but a little bit more that way, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, what? could um, could the main race grid be decided by the sprint result or something? Oh, did we have that last year? Well, that's, that's that was last year. Yeah. I can Did I think I, I might have preferred that? What about if we do, if you get to Q3, you have to start in hard, Q2, you get mediums, and Q1, you get softs for the sprint. Okay, but you can still change that in the race, can't you? So that's, you know, if you don't like those tyres, you can still make a stop, right? So yeah, that might work. But if we're going to do something mad, why not? <laughs> but I uh, just feel like in COVID year, there was opportunities to do some creative stuff to test things and it wasn't taken. Yeah, I mean, mix up the qualifying format. I think you said, Colin, last week or the week before about um, have it as one-shot quali. Mm. Yeah, one-shot quali would just- be good. Yeah, not necessarily for the main grid, but for the sprint. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, experiment with it. 
You know what I was thinking about? Could you do for like the Saturday sprint thing? Could you do like a team qualifying where you took the aggregate of both times Ooh. for your drivers and then you lined them up row by row? That'd be weird. So if Perez puts it in the wall but Max is quickest, they end up starting, you know, six or something. Interesting. I'm not sure if that would work, but I like the idea. It's something totally no, it's, different. It's just if you're going to do something, I don't know if it's just another race, but shorter mm. is the way to go. Yeah. Do any no, of you I, follow I any MotoGP? They've gone. They followed Formula One sprint idea, and there's a sprint every weekend this year. Is there? It's a fifty percent race on the Saturday. Everyone, oh, that is too far. I think. <clears throat> Yeah, I like agree. my MotoGP, hmm. but just being the same race, but fifty percent with the yeah. same starting grid for both as well, because it's qualifying still stands hmm. for both. Uh, kind of odd. Yeah, I would say as well that this weekend might not necessarily be the best place to judge it on one showing as well. No, true. It was a boring race in general, and the sprint was boring. But on a different track, you might get a totally different. Results. So, I'd like yeah. the sprint race to be wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bernie, that was one of his ideas. Yeah, it was. Turn on the sprinklers. <laughs> oh, I've got this great idea for qualifying, lads. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the clock's ticking away, and after so many minutes, people get eliminated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that works great in video games <laughs> when you're ramming each other in the corners, but not as so much in real life. Remember when they I tried just, that? Yeah. What a disaster. Yeah, that wasn't well done. Each team just... is allowed a sniper who can take out one of the other team's <laughs> tyres. Yeah, just, just something different. I've got to enter in a Citroen DS. Oh, that's very nerdy. Moving on. <laughs> I do... I think the, what you said, Tom, it, it is right. The cars are too closely matched in the midfield at the moment. Because mm. Hulkenberg went almost entirely race one set of tyres and nobody could get past them until they went completely off a cliff. Hmm. Yeah. So you just you just had a train of cars and then shortening the DRS this year. You just had a train of cars who couldn't do anything the full race. Yeah, but then I'm on I'm on team no DRS, so I kinda of wanna see that in a way. Yeah. Tricky one. I know, I know. Anyway there was one well, there was one more instant. Yes. Okay, oh. good. At the end of this one. Where um Espanol lost his mind. Oh sorry, Ted. I talked, completely <laughs> talked over you. Go again. Start that again. No, 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 no. Well keeping it in. We're doing it live. I got too excited. And... <laughs> we'll arrive. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, so Espan Ocon almost killed a bunch of photographers. Which, uh, yeah, Ted Kravis wasn't happy about. To be fair to Ted, he called it. Yeah, like two laps before it happened as yeah. well. Yeah, and Chandok. They were both having a discussion like, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. And to keep How... track of the race and know that he's going to have to come in. Yeah, fair play, Ted. I'll give you that one. How can Ted... Ted, <laughs> see this coming. <laughs> Ted, right? How can he see it coming? And the FIA can't. So they close the pit lane. The guy's actually putting like the little uh, retractable rope over the end of the pit lane, and he suddenly sees Ocon yeah. coming in, and he has to like let it go. And everyone has to run out of the way so he can make his pit stop on the last lap. That is just lunacy from the FIA. Mm-hmm. Oh, lunacy right. is a good word. What in Australia last year there was people in the pit lane. On the last lap, Australia yeah. this year there was people at the side of the track. Australia two fence, years yeah. ago. Where is this Australia? Because remember, <laughs> Australia two or three years ago there was people on the track as they were doing their own lap, oh, just yeah, like the yeah. fans in it. Like 
Like, that is just Australia, here. I think. Yeah. yeah, but come on back here. You don't need to play Australia. Well, that's not the fans, though, is it? It's the FCFIA. It's the FIA. Yeah. Yeah. It is the FIA. Who, who then reported themselves. Brilliant. <laughs> yes. Uh, I still don't get why people are allowed in the pit lane when a racetrack is live, even if you don't yeah. expect someone to pit. That should be. It's going to be, have to be yet another rule now because this precedent yeah. is dangerous. It should be once everyone has crossed the finish line. You can start letting people out. Yeah, the whole grid, not just the winner. Yeah. Because there could be someone just in front of the winner about to be lapped. They've still got to do a full lap at racing speed, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. Either, either that or you close the pit lane on it before the last lap. Yeah. If you want to get people in there early. Well. Mm. Yeah, you're not allowed to pit on the last lap. That's a possibility. Yeah. But, yeah. Well done, AFA. Yeah, it's a good work on as well. Yes. <laughs> when he came in, because he still kept it pretty quick through there. <laughs> but, yeah, no one was in danger, it looked like, until the last second. Yeah, it's just. I don't it's know. Another no point to score for uh, Alpine, though, which is. Yeah. This lineup of Gazi Ocons is not working at the minute. They don't have that superstar. You 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 know what um what's the problem with? Uh, is it a lack of serial beatable? That and uh, the recruited the 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 their favorite team principal Otmar. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, who, there is that. Who brings speed everywhere he goes? <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously not his fault. He's he's just well, the guy. He, no, he's uh... he's not he's not designing <laughs> the car. But someone you know. had a role to play in the whole Piastri mess up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yeah, Alpine are a funny team, aren't they? But I think they had a bad weekend. I mean, Gasly didn't help, did he? Because well, well, it, his car expired in practice, and then he threw it in the bin in qualifying. And then didn't Ocon have some indiscretion at some point? So maybe their car is actually quite good. We'll have to see in Miami, Miami. Yes, Miami this weekend, but probably most importantly, the Touring Cars is back this weekend, where yes. we are at Brands Hatch Indy for rounds. I'm really looking forward to it. Four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially now with F1 just being a little less, a bit more subdued, a little less exciting at present. It makes me appreciate the BTCC even more. Yeah, but as I say, I don't think we should take it too carried away with F1. It'll it'll be fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But just, mm. I'm more excited for touring cars uh, again. I'm, I'm and also, just in a bad mood for the football. That's why I hated it so much. Ah, uh, really? <laughs> the worst weekend of my life. What happened with the football? Until Spurs played and then they cheered me up. <laughs> football. What happened with the football? Oh, Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, no, no Falkirk lost the semi-final. Oh, really? Sorry and to then, hear that. Uh, no, no. But then Spurs went and scored in the ninety fourth minute and then lost it twenty seconds later, so that that, that topped off the weekend with a nice wee positive. Uh, I actually thought the touring cars was last weekend as well, so I was a bit gutted when I, when I checked my planner <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, it's next. Mm. So that's why I'm a bit down. So yeah. On to Brands Hatch this weekend. That'll be a fun one. And then Miami with a fake dock. I was going to mention it. I'm there for the fake boats. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Sorry, real boats cemented into a fake water. 
<laughs> Apparently they're struggling to sell tickets because the cheapest ticket is oh. like $700 a person for a grandstand seat. Well, they, Jesus. they went for the whole Monaco vibe, didn't they? Yeah. And Miami does have a lot of money. Mar-a-Lago, is that where Trump stays? <laughs> it's weird. That's down there somewhere, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, yeah, they're struggling. The problem with F1 is that they're pricing themselves out. But mm. there's a lot of rich people that pay it. You know, I signed up for the Canadian Grand Prix ticketing service this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it was sold out, so I got bumped onto the F1 experiences thing, which oh, is right. like advanced tickets pit lanes parties and all this i got an email two weeks ago and the guys email me every day since trying to set up a call on a meeting right cheapest package it was selling was three thousand dollars <coughs> most expensive one was thirty eight thousand dollars and that was paddock access with like alpha romeo or something like that mm. if and three grand is the cheapest package that you're selling it's just utterly ridiculous so it's another bonus point for touring cars, is it? So about 25 quid. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm. even, well, even just normal tickets... Oh, yeah. But even just normal mm. tickets like Silverstone and that have jumped so much. It's all supply and demand, though, isn't it? If you can sell it out, charge as much as you can. But it, it might be that you can have as many Drive to Survive fans as ever and do really well on Instagram, but if the racing product isn't quite up to snuff, there's only so long that that sheen will last. And maybe for Miami, it's um, well. I don't know. Don't know what's going on with Miami. Maybe it just is. They've they found a limit of what they can charge. Okay, only Miami. This is longer than I expected. I expected this be just a, a, just quickly. As long as a trailer. But I tell you what, is completely sold out and has been sold out for ages. Mm-hmm. Le Mans. You can't get a ticket for twenty four hours of Le Mans, and you haven't been able to do for months. Mm, it sold out yeah. at the end of last year, and I, I don't know if WEC will ever seriously challenge F one, but I think your purists who are getting a bit turned off with F one in its current era might start watching that instead. We'll have to see how that develops because this year you've got Ferrari with Giovinazzi, top fan, <laughs> yep. Porsche, Cadillac. Your, your inspiration Toyota. for your hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just need a top knot. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone short this year, I think. Oh, he's coughing you. Yeah. So you've got all these prestigious brands all racing together in relatively equal machinery. Uh, Peugeot as well, I forgot. So um, uh, I know we're F1 and BTC, but I've, I've got Alpha and Islam on this year. Oh, and the other thing we should quickly mention is Bottas's form is bad. So is hmm. Teo Porcher one to watch in F2 this year to take over his seat for next year? He is sponsored, he is supported by Sauber in that series. Possibly. He had some iffy results at the weekend. but I don't know if you saw that in the, in the sprint race, nobody wanted to win it. No, no, I didn't get to watch F2 this weekend. Um, I can't quite, there was some incident that, that the leader befell, befell a leader. And then there was a safety car restart and the top two crashed into each, crashed into the wall at turn one. And uh, Behrman, who's a British driver, he won both the sprint and the feature. Hmm. Uh, now, he won the f- one of them, I can't remember which, on very much on merit, and the other one, well, you've got to be there to um, 
capitalise. But on the reverse grid race, he was further down the grid, though. I think he got pole position, so he won the feature. And he got pulled, by the way, with bent steering. Clipped the wall, <laughs> and his steering wasn't straight, which is quite cool. And then um, then when everybody else crashed out of the sprint race, he, he won that as well. So, one to watch. One to watch. Mm. Just to finish, I thought Hamilton's move on uh, Russell was good. The bike yeah, I would agree, but I can't actually remember it. Mm, I'm struggling <laughs> he, as well. He, he done the Verstappen and Ricardo in turn one, but then didn't actually hit his teammate. Oh, yes, he didn't. He was very close up to the wall, wasn't he? Yeah. At the one On the left-hand ap- side. After Russell had a terrible restart. Mm. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was at a restart, wasn't it? Yeah. And Russell this is the most back further disjoint- after that as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, <laughs> this is the most disjointed episode we've ever done. Well, we're tired. Yeah. Her, her, bo- her boredom has made us just jump all over the body place. So, yeah, we'll be, we'll be more organised for the touring cars. So. Yes, 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 yes. And oh, Miami. And yes. oh, Miami. Double watch. Double watch. Double I, <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get Double versus Gamble round two. Yes. This is the battle out for our love. <laughs> we'll find out this weekend. So, any more for you guys? Nope. Sorry. Nope. That's it for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I went rambling about Le Mans and F2 and F1 game. Uh, that's what we're here for. So, yeah, we'll see you next week at some point. Enjoy your coronation weekend if that's a thing you're into. If you're not a royalist, enjoy ignoring the coronation. <laughs> do, do both. We cover everyone here. It's time to end the podcast. So, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Well, it might have been disjointed, but it's really enjoyable. <laughs>